episode 29 of the Beyond the Curve, the MX podcast. We're solo this week. I feel like everybody is busy. Busy. We're all busy. But guess what? It's like a Monday afternoon. We're on the pool deck, the pool deck studio. And I will tell you, we're doing this early. It is bright. It is sunny. We're going to have some severe storms coming through Polk County here. And it is hotter than hell right now. Yeah, and we're sitting here looking at the pool like a bunch of idiots. Yeah, we sh- we're, we've contemplated doing one of these in the pool and some floaties and just hanging out. I, I, if we get rid of our dad bods, we may do that. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Maybe, maybe in, you know, we've got a lot of things to talk about. We have SMX. We have Gold Cup. We have, oh my goodness, they dropped the Supercross schedule and left us in limbo on what's East, West, Triple Crown, uh, East, West, uh, Shootouts, showdowns. We're not allowed to say shootouts anymore. Showdowns. Mm. Um, we've got Pee Wee racing. We there. There's actually a lot for a for a. The season is done minus motocross the nations. So we're kind of like we've got to make travel plans. We got a lot of stuff we got to do. Yeah, from here on out, it's gonna be. Yeah. Rather intense. Let's start with this. Let's go ahead and start since we've covered it all year long. We have, yes, it appears that we missed a week last week because we didn't cover Chicago because we did that podcast before Chicago happened. Let's cover the SMX finale, what we think of it. And we'll just say SMX as a whole instead of yeah. covering them all. Let's yeah, just let's cover just, them as a whole. Let's cover it as a whole because, honestly, from the outside, from the guy who's just a huge fan we had a supercross red clay with a motocross mix we had a straight up in a racetrack motocross track and last night or saturday night we had a supercross track with a little bit of sand on it yeah and uh i'd like to dive in because i like your perspective on it because i thought chicago was awesome i thought the fact that they were racing in the coliseum the first ever motor supercross race it was there like it was cool it was the track looked like an Anaheim one track because it had the slick spots on it. Mm-hmm. But man, what a difference from week to week. So let's talk about it. Dive in. I think the first the first two weeks they gathered more of the SMX feeling, mm-hmm. the the hybrid tracks, and I think this week was more of the it pretty much pump you up for Supercross because yeah. that's all it seemed like. Like even watching the track map at the beginning of the week before they even started building it i'm like ah that's all super cross yeah yeah you get we're gonna get the incline going out of the coliseum but it's still i mean we used to do that sandboyd stadium they used to do that at a bunch of the different ones they would they would go up into the bleachers yeah. and come back down out but but what so, a, before you go further what an amazing shot of them hitting that kicker and jumping up out of the peristyle yeah that was cool that is a huge step up yeah. they were flying it's so, just a smooth transition, yeah, too. Yeah, it was awesome. It was awesome. I, I noticed a lot of the guys only stayed inside when they got up into the top. Yeah. Nobody ever went outside. No, it I, was, But Kenny was doing it in practice. He was going outside a lot, but in the race, they all went inside, hit the little jump to jump them about halfway down. Yeah. Um, it must have been that much slower, yeah. which typically they make those tracks pretty even. Yeah, they did a great – and I will say, with the variety, that was Chicago – um great track charlotte had that split lane that was that was a great split lane but with the jump over and the under the tunnel and yeah that i'm like dude that was 
outstanding. And then I looked at the I, I I looked at the track this weekend, and I was like, you know, it's a pretty big Supercross track in this stadium, and the variety of the lanes and the way they ha- I know they went up the peristyle, but there still was a lot of variety in what they offered in that track. Yeah, the first two tracks were definitely very, very diverse. Yeah. And, like, uh, the one in Charlotte was huge. That was a, a very – I mean, they both the first two tracks were very long yeah. tracks. Yeah, this one was like a minute was, 10, yeah, minute motocross eight. style. And yeah. then they get into the Coliseum in Los Angeles, and it was, like I said, just all supercross fields. Yeah. And it looked very dark. Like it did, especially in the early parts of the race, yeah. it, it actually, as the night went on, it got better. The lights shone, shone better, I guess, shined brighter. I don't, I don't know what the way to say that, but yeah, I, I was with you because when they showed the, uh, the suit, the futures race, mm-hmm. which by the way, maybe they should rethink how they do that because the 65s did the best out of all the groups. <laughs> the 85s wadded themselves and the yep. futures wadded themselves. Um, we had some Supercross guys wad themselves too, but um, I, I really thought the Chicago track was they have they might have nailed what an outdoor motocross track looks like inside a racetrack. Yeah, with that setup, I think the the All Stars, the you know the Future sixty fives, the eighty fives, all that that whole realm of things. I think that was awesome. Um, what's even better, I mean, we can get into this later, but like Drew Adams won this weekend. Yeah. We, Drew Adams with us was with us at Diamondback at the Gold Cup Series the weekend before. We raced this weekend, and Carson Wood was there, and he won the weekend before. Oh, he didn't win. He smoked them. Smoked them all. I don't know he why we're them. chattering here a little bit, but um, it's just it it's cool about the the Florida motocross yeah. part because we're we're with these guys all the time. Well, let's dive in. 250s. I mean, um, SMX, we're only, we'll talk about what we saw at Chicago. Track was awesome. I thought the track was awesome. They, If they wanted diversity, those three tracks offered great diversity. But let's dive into the Coliseum. Historical. Kawasaki introduces their new bikes. They've got silver rims, which I saw a lot of people on Twitter saying, you know, Gas Gas introduced their bikes with silver rims, and people were like, ah, that's disgusting. Kawasaki does it. Like, oh, that's so cool. I was not into it. You don't like silver rims? Mm. I thought it was cool looking. Now, the It was MX- cool to have a 50th, 50th year edition or whatever. Um, the throwback was, it's okay, but it was not my thing. Did you see the MXGP version? They went with black rims. Then I would be happy. And, and people were like, I like the black rims. I think we've all just gotten accustomed to seeing bikes with black rims. I'm a black wheel guy. But see, like, I, I was a black wheel guy too, and I now have a Yamaha that has blue rims, and I've gotten accustomed to like, I kind of like the blue rims. Like Kellard, think, Kellard wheels, period. Yeah. Like, I've never been a stock aluminum, unfinished wheel person. Like They're just ugly to me. But it was cool that they threw it back. We got to see the intro of the Triumph, a Stanton, uh, Carmichael doing some laps. Um, but 250 class. Danger Boy. Okay, explain to me this. My wife explains it to me this way, and I'd like your opinion. I said, why is Deegan, they are sponsored by Thor. They're all wearing the same gear, except for Deegan. He had Danger gear on. And Michelle says, maybe they brought some money to the table. 
Is that what it is? Because, like, Kitchen doesn't get to wear kitchen gear. They had danger. He had danger gear on. It's hard to tell with that family. Like, I, like we've talked before. I think there's a whole lot of catering to... I, I don't know why. That can't go over well with the other riders, I, I, though. I don't know. Like, there there's a lot of things that go on with him and with the family and with the team that make you question constantly. And I don't hate him. He's He got up on the damn podium again tonight, or that night. I'd like to thank all the haters. Dude, we all know you're a good writer. Yeah, like, like stop. Stop. It's And I don't think it's going to stop until he just grows up. Like, at this point, he's got to, he has to grow up to get that out of his system. They're showing videos of mom and dad. Well, guess what? Shimoda won. They didn't show a video of his mom and dad. They didn't show a video of Eli Tomek's dad. I was kind of irritated about that. Like, they, they literally watched on them for... Yeah. Five minutes, like, dude. He's um, his own person. I'm. Yeah, I wasn't. I was not into that. Uh, Maybe that's where the hate comes from. From a fan standpoint, if you're a, a Deegan fan, I don't. I can't even see where that would be interesting as a Deegan fan because you just want to watch the race. Yeah. Who cares what their parents are doing? Yeah, but a lot of the Deegan fans don't even realize that he's racing. They just like the YouTube channel. Yeah. Put. Take a video of me while my kid's racing and. I'm sure my fam- our family's going to be happy about that. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't understand it. It there's everyone says there's so much hype around the Lawrences, but how about the hype around him? How about the victory? How about the the so much hype around the Lawrences? If you really pay, we watched the post race show. They're doing all the photos. They're talking to him, and uh, they're doing Dazzy Dad, Lawrence's father, is in the back behind everybody, in the back. Mm-hmm. He's not in the front. He's not, he's not, you know, he's, they don't do videos of him. His son had a damn perfect season and then won a million dollars. Like the kid probably won $5.5 million this year. And the dad's in the back on the championship photo. Mm -hmm. Deegan, who is a good writer. He is good. As skill set goes, he's a good writer. Let's let the kid be the kid and have fun. And I, videotape them do whatever you want with your youtube channel that's fine you are not the story anymore the kid is good and that being said star yamaha goes 1-1 just with two different riders who went 110 and 10-1 like that was the funniest thing in the world jordan smith comes out of nowhere wins moto one kitchen comes out of nowhere and wins moto two and by the way, Dylan Schwartz, you did an awesome job taking out two riders in two turns. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he punted Vial like I've never seen a guy come off a berm that fast in my life as Dylan Schwartz. Vial was riding like crazy he was too. Riding good until Dylan Schwartz came into the picture. I think you put that much money on the line, you watch them all come out of the woodwork. A five hundred thousand dollars. I don't care who you are. That's I'm, I'm going to go out and send it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I mean, and they knew like they knew there was something on the line. They're, these yeah. guys were making money and. But no, on on the racing wise, I I I know you didn't get to watch it, it fully in depth because you were busy. We're going to talk about that. But what did you think of the the comments I have read? Are racing wasn't that good? Racing was exciting, and I think they're talking more about the lack of passing because you had to go in and block pass. Well, that's okay. That's supercross, really. Yeah. yeah. But everything that I've watched, so you know, I I didn't get to watch the full three races in depth because we've been yeah. racing our living asses off but we you know we we watch as much as we can here and there and bits and pieces and we get it all in when we can 
Like, I'll probably finish it all tonight. But the first two rounds were cool because it was like the inaugural part of it. So round one was great. Round two, it, it, a, diff- a totally different layout. It was fun to watch. The L.A. and the Coliseum, I that's some of the best racing I've seen in a long time. Like, yeah. you're seeing guys that were mid-pack that were now in the front. They're battling. We got how many guys taken out? It, how many crashes do you see like that? And like you see crashes in Supercross, yeah. But one right after another because they're all in full send mode. Like they want to win that money. They deaconed because that's his thing. Yeah, I'm gonna send it. Uh, like Barsha and clearly being in the wrong gear. I didn't. I didn't see neutral because it looked like the back wheel was spinning yeah. too fast, and he couldn't pull that triple. That was a gnarly crash. On a, you see Barsha wreck like that pretty often, but. That was yeah. definitely him giving it all he's got. And you could tell, like, his body lifted like he was trying to get over that and just showing full exertion. I mean, but the whole race, just the, the motos that I did watch, just the whole thing was like that. And the, same with the 250s. They were just – how often do you watch Deegan go from the front to the back without even crashing? Yeah. Just everybody was giving everything that they had. I, I think the racing was phenomenal. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say 250s, first moto. That may have been they, – they talked about no passing. The pass, R.J. Hampshire is cruising in fourth or fifth or wherever the heck he was. Deegan goes to pass. They come to a flat corner. All of a sudden, R.J. is like, no, I'm here. And he, he slides inside. They go under the bridge, and now he's in third or second or wherever he was. And then Shimoda just – guess what? Shimoda. Shimoda. Finally, uh, James Stewart has been saying – Dude, you're gonna have to get physical. Get some aggression on him. And, and and by God, he got physical. I was nervous for him though. Punted Deegan, and then he was going after Vial, and Vial's like, I I saw what you did to Deegan. Nah, man, I'm gonna mm-hmm. show. And I'm like, that is what we have been looking for all year long from all these guys. And it was like the last race of the season. We get to see it. See, that's the thing. Deegan's been riding like that for Supercross and Motocross both seasons complete if we would have had that out of all of them yeah in both seasons and in this everything would be totally different we wouldn't right need now. a 450 class we no, could just watch it all be right there yeah. like it would this entire outlook would be different everything we've talked about would be different yeah. i don't think Deegan would be up getting quite this hype that he is because yeah. there's a lot of contenders that ride with him that I think they're better than him. Well, I I think right now I, I he agree doesn't with have you. the experience. I I agree with you, and I think we lose Justin Cooper next year. We lose Hunter Lawrence, and by the way, God, I understand pinch nerves in the back. Yeah. Oh my goodness gracious! I I watched him walk, and I was like, I feel just sit down, man. Like just watching him walk <laughs> reminded me of would be tomorrow a year ago tomorrow when I I got cut open. Yeah. Like just, just sit down. Like don't, don't leave. Just sit down. We'll, we'll leave. We'll, the cameras will exit out the other side. Yeah. We'll leave. And he's trying to walk away. And I'm like, oh, I feel for you. And that, that threw a kink in everything. But then all of a sudden, you see what happens. That opens it up to, I have a chance. Yeah. And then the triple, the triple points. Yeah. I mean, I didn't like that setup. No, because anybody could have won that. The whole championship, but it, but it really—I mean, at one point when Jordan Smith won, he had come all the way from the back, 
potentially to win yeah. the championship. So I didn't totally agree with that because that's to me it's too many points. So Jordan Smith could have won Moto Two and took it all. Yeah. Out of nowhere. Yeah. I mean, it's it, great for him if he would have done that, but to me, that's not doesn't give credit where credit is due. I guess. Yeah, but I, I okay. Deegan wins it, and it sounds like we're he Deegan bashing. I'm not Deegan bashing. He won yesterday with a three-two. He won one. Did he win one? Did he win around at SMX? Did he win one moto? Because I don't even know. You had Shimoda won, Hunter won, and I guess Deegan won yesterday. So that propelled him to that. But is he the best rider of the whole series? Like uh, one of the podcast uh, number crunchers did a breakdown of points. I would have loved to have seen like if points were just points. I don't mind that they got bonus points going into it. Like, cause NASCAR yeah. does the same thing. Like, you had bonus points going in to the first round. That's fine. That's cool. That that's your points for the year. You deserve those points. What would it look like if it had been single points? I definitely don't think he's the best rider. Like, he just performed that day. They literally showed that that day he was not the best rider. No. And there was how many riders that were contending with him? Yeah. Like one little slip up, and it all would have changed. Where. Supercross is a 17 race series that yeah. literally shows the best rider or the best riders, even if it's all in, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Give me a Cooper Webb consistency. It's a rough day. It's Monday. <laughs> so, like, you get 17 rounds of straight consistency. Chase Sexton, for example. Yeah. He might not have been the best rider, but he's a consistent he's rider. So he's still. Yeah a championship contender where Deegan might have been. I mean, he's still, Deegan's a consistent rider. Yeah. You know, he's, he's Which good. He's is, a good rider. As much as he sends it, he's actually a fairly consistent yeah. rider. But to, I don't, I do not think it's at all a fair statement to say he's the best rider. I don't think the, those, it would have been much different if Hunter was there. It's, but is three rounds a championship. No, it's not like they've touted it as a championship. If they would have taken Supercross points, Motocross points, and then the SMX points and put them all together, and yeah. that's how this worked, then I I think it probably would be more fair. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So if it's a playoff, then out of Supercross and Motocross, why are you not taking every point that they've gotten all year, all year round, add them all together, and then they get – these are just bonus points, so whatever they get on top of that, that gives you your winners. How excited is Honda for Shimoda coming to them next year? How excited is Pro Circuit for Kitchen coming to them? And how, well, he's just, I mean, watch Volan. He was a 7-10 guy. He's, he's a 7-10 guy all the time, and I hear the rumor is that he's going to Pro Circuit too. But is Mitch going, whew, Kitchen. If I can start him up front, he can win. Kitchen cannot – Kitchen is Justin Cooper. They cannot win from the back. Mm -hmm. Kitchen gets a whole shot, second moto. Bye-bye, see you later. I'm out. He's going to pro circuit. And that's what Michelle and I were talking about. Is they're all talking about these people, these, these guys changing teams. 
It's their la yeah, last night was their la or Saturday night was their last ride for these teams, and they're out there like, I am going to win, because they don't care. Like they're talking about like, oh, the money, the money. I'm like, they don't. These guys don't care if they were racing for a chicken squeezy toy and a fast food meal from McDonald's. You give them some sort of prize, they want to win. Like they don't care. Like they don't yeah. care about. Yes, the money is nice. The money would have mattered if. If Caden Braswell would have won, yeah. that matters. Five hundred thousand dollars to Caden Braswell is going to mean something. Five hundred thousand dollars to Hayden Deegan, they make that in a month on their YouTube channel. Yeah, he doesn't more than care. That. Yeah, he doesn't care. Like, it's it's the win, it's the reward, it's the mm -hmm. the acknowledgement. So, what do you think? Do you, do you think Honda's like, hmm, we got another contender next year? I mean, I I think coming off the year that they had, they're already. They're going to be hyped coming into the year. Regardless. The bike's not changing. No. So it's not like they're losing anything. They're losing Sexton, but they're still gaining. It's going to be. I don't know. I don't know what they're feeling right now. They're just feeling the only total thing, domination. The only thing they didn't win the entire year: two fifty East, two fifty West, four fifty Supercross, two fifty Outdoors, four fifty Outdoors, four fifty SMX. The only thing they didn't win out of seven, no, six, ten, I don't know how many titles it is. They did not win the 250 SMX title. That's the only thing. That, because, only because the rider was hurt. Because the rider was hurt, hurt. yes. Because I don't, I do not think Deegan would have won had that is been there. That is, that is a year. Has there ever been a year like that? Like where there's that much domination in everything? They did it. A long time ago. Oh, four, right? Did they? 2000. Something in the 2000s, I think. Okay. I th it might have just been with Ricky, not all the classes. Uh, I can't remember. But they won everything. Yeah. Like, hey, guys, enjoy your vacation. We'll start this again. I mean, Hunter and Jed are heading to, well, we'll see how Hunter it is, but they're heading to Motocross the Nations over in Urn A, yeah. which, by the way, is going to be a very similar traction base to what they just what raised. They just raced. Yeah. And that's only if they get a week off, and I think it's next the week after, I think. Uh, and then, congratulations, Hunter and Jet, you'll be back together on 450s. And then we're bringing in Shimoda, and we still have Chance Hymas. Kawasaki, I guess we're still doing the the Austin Forkner experience. And they're bringing in Kitchen, which Kitchen, I'm like I said, we get him up front. They also have um, Hammaker. He is an un underrated guy if he can stay healthy he's an underrated guy yeah and i it, it's crazy because they got an underrated and a way overrated guy yeah yeah because forkner's never going to perform he just can't stay healthy no. he's even changed trainers he's with ryan hughes who dude is, even when he does stay healthy he's there's something to complain about yeah yeah it's the dylan Fernandez. i'd be i'd be fine to sit here and talk with austin forkner and listen to the mentality of the kid because something in there is if you're not hurt, you're crying about being hurt or you make the minor injuries way worse than they are. You have a beautiful wife. You have a beautiful life. You've been paid for years and yeah. years and years. Do you just walk away from this? And yeah. Go perform. Realize or, or just I can't do it. Yeah. I'm sure Cali, obviously they've stuck with you this long. Surely they'll give you some kind of consultation job that I think Ryder D I think Ryder D has 
done well for himself to kind of get I think yesterday was a or this weekend was a great a, like okay this is a pretty super crossy track mm-hmm. how does he look and he, he did, gets been dominant he, his whole life he did okay he did okay I think he just needs time to be healthy and kind of grow into being a professional um yeah. one of the things I talked about one of the things I heard about was um Deegan the season because most of these kids they race five six times a year they train to go through a full as a true rookie supercross they had eight nine rounds motocross 11 rounds these they're racing more than they've ever raced Mm -hmm. and that wears on you and yes we talked about deegan but what about those other de francesco de francesco however you say it it, that's new for him that is new for him to do and and handmaker hasn't made it through a full season and so you have all these guys like shimoda shimoda came on at the end of the season because we finally got to see what he was capable of um i think he's gonna be a beast next year and i think the fans love him because he's just got that affable smile he he's he likes him i don't know why we don't like the french riders i don't know why but for some reason we hate the french australians japanese germans I mean, well, Kenny doesn't even sound like German. He sounds like an American. You listen yeah. to him talking, he's American. Um, I did notice in the press conference, we are all over the damn place. Press conference, Jet had on a button-down shirt this week, just like Kenny. Um, I'm like, you know, why don't we do that more often? Like, we are professional. Mm-hmm. Why do we have to wear these? We all know who you ride for. Yeah. Why do we have to wear the KTM brand? Just wear a shirt. We all know who you ride for. When Travis Kelsey does an interview for the Chiefs, he's not wearing Chiefs gear. He's wearing, the other day, it looked like someone painted a crayon on his clothes, and that's what he wore for the press conference. We all know who you're with. We, it's okay. Mm-hmm. It's okay. Like, but that's a whole different part. Um, 450s. Chase Sexton. Before we go to Chase Sexton. Jet changed the complexion of a race. By one jump. One jump. The massive quad. That quad, was he busted it in practice, did it in qualifying. Kenny says, I saw him do it. I didn't want to do it. He passed me. I had to think about it. I'm 30 years old. I had to think about it five times. And I realized, and guess what? When he did it, he was really close. Mm-hmm. But if you missed, as, as James and James... Mr. I will risk everything all the time. And Ricky talked about... And head stuff like that. Yes. Without even thinking about it. They said, there is a massive risk. If you if you miss this, it's over. And James said, is it worth a million dollars? And guess what? Jet and Kenny thought it was. Yeah. Because Chase, I don't know if Chase was hitting it the second moto, but he was... We'll get into that. But the first moto, Kenny is rolling. It was awesome. We're all excited. All the old people were like, yeah, Kenny, go, Kenny. And he is doing it. And all of a sudden, Chase, uh, Jet starts clicking it off, clicking it off. He gets through. He passes Kenny once, bobbles. Kenny gets back by him. I'm like, okay. He had his chance. Kenny's on. And they're even talking to the booth. It's on. It is on. By the way, Kenny had on his pants one plus one equal three. At the end of the night, Jet says one plus one equals a million, bitch. <laughs> in his, it it barely caught it. But if you listen to his thing, one plus one equal a million, bitch. 
that's we'll let that ride. But in the press conference, Kenny showed him his pants and said one plus one equal three for their debacle last week. We're not even going to get into that. It was bad math by Jet. He was using motocross scoring versus Olympic scoring, and it's fine. He made a mistake. But Jet comes back next lap. Even my wife, who is loves racing, understands it, but she watched and she went, oh, my God, that's fast. And there he went, and it was over. How about Jet hitting the the barrier, coming down into the sand section just to hit a smooth line? Yeah. And then riding off of it. Yeah. That's a risk in itself just because of the, the elevation. You're landing on elevation. Yeah. Sideways elevation, not, you know, uh, forecoming elevation that you're used to landing on. Like, yeah. There was a... That kid, that kid was sending it. Like that's a, he was going for the million dollars. That's or, Jet riding gonna, like yeah. Jet can ride. And and it was, but that the 450 racing, those two guys, you could. There was some battles going on, but honestly, they showed those two most of the night in both motos, because those two were putting on a riding clinic. Mm-hmm. I was. I'm happy to see that Kenny's in a good spot. I think we're going to see if Kenny stays healthy. I think next year, Eli did an interview. He's coming back. Cooper finished third in the second moto. Cooper Webb on the Yamaha. Yep. We're going to have we're going to have fun next year. Supercross is going to be a blast, and we're going to be there, and yeah. I can't freaking wait. But the 450s, Jet did Jet things. Second moto, you didn't get to see it. Chase goes out pulls it he's gone he's gone my wife my wife's watching my daughter's watching we're all watching together he's four seconds ahead kenny and jet are having their own battle trying to figure out who's doing what Mm -hmm. jet's not really closing they come down the peristyle chase hits the sand leans it over and he hit hard he hit real hard and he's done and Ricky says, man, we don't want to keep talking about this. Ricky, who does not like confrontation at all, says, we don't want to keep talking about this. But if you keep leaning the bike over and crashing, we have to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And guess what he did? He leaned the bike over and crashed. Crashes the exact same way every time. And it was a big, it was a, because they were launching off that sand. They were launching. Mm-hmm. And he hit big. The bigger thing is, is I want to, congratulate Adam Cianciarillo and Ken Roxon for somehow missing Barsha when he crashed. That was there. How many people can Cianciarillo was right on him mm-hmm. and he was able to yank that bike to the right just enough to miss his foot. Yeah. Roxon just clipped his foot, but he didn't run it over or nothing no. like that shows you the fine skill of these guys that are out there riding because your average rider is not going to do that. They're running him over. My daughter asked me how much of it's luck, and I said, there's some luck. But they also, they saw what was happening, and they were just guessing which way to go. They were able to check up enough. And not hurt themselves. Yeah. And then move out of the way. But, yeah, he would have been hurt worse had they hit him because they're coming off a jump. And, yeah, but, no, I I think – Whatever the SMX is, and I've saw, I've seen reports. Zach Osborne, dude, can we just do thirty of these for the year? Like, yeah. And some people say passing wasn't good enough. Some people say I saw a schedule, a proposed, you know, just thought process: fifteen Supercross, ten Motocross, and five SMX. And I'm like, I could, 
I could do that. Could we go back to the old days where it was a blended schedule where you might race Daytona and then go do a motocross? Like, yeah. can have we got? Because these guys changed their suspension settings in one week because mm-hmm. they were running outdoor stuff at Chicago. And they make it that that was challenging. So we we'll go back to what I was talking about earlier. If if we're gonna continue this playoff stuff. This is just personal opinion. Everybody has their own opinion on this yeah. entire thing. If we're going to race Supercross first, outdoors next, like usual, which it almost has to go in that order because of winter and stadiums and yeah. Yeah. football. And Everything's so schedule-oriented at mm-hmm. this point. So you're on a 250 for Supercross. If we're sticking with playoffs... You're on a 250 for motocross, and you're on a 250 for playoffs. And I think all your points should be combined over all of that, and that's what you go into the playoffs with. You don't switch to 450 midseason. You don't go from 250 to 450. If you switch teams, that's different. Your points stay with you as a rider, not as your team. So if you want to switch teams, that's fine, but you're staying on a 250 if you want to get into the playoffs. So Jet Jet wins a a 250 championship. He would have had to stay on 250 if he wanted to race – playoffs yeah like that's fair to me instead of what they're doing so and if they wanted to mix the schedule up which that's never going to happen again no, it's never going to happen but, but they did it in the smx but even if they're going to do that you're 250 you know we, we bounce around we're going to run some outdoors we're going to run some supercross i mean if you want to do that it's still all it's very cohesive at that point yeah. but you stay on the bike and or the cc of the bike to get into the playoff and your points go with you. Like, that's how I think this should run from here on out. I think NASCAR does that. Like, you have to claim at the beginning of the season, you claim if you're an Xfinity driver or a NASCAR driver. And you you cannot run for points in both. You can come and race, but you yeah. don't get any points. I mean, the team owner gets points. If you wanted to switch, if you were a Jet and you won the 250 West and you want to switch to 450, then you have to be able to gain enough points in that, on that 450 to be able to get yourself in. Which he did. Which he, w- yeah, he would he was, have, he but how perfect. many riders can do that? Yeah. So it, that is a level playing field to yeah. me. And then at the end, those rider, the riders who put the work in got this championship. They were 10 points off of this championship. They're now in the hunt for a million dollars with – they only need 10 points coming yeah. into it or, or whatever. So, or maybe they won the, the motocross. Now you got a supercross and motocross champion that are neck and neck coming into playoffs. That is a playoff. That, yeah. not what they're doing right now where the Jordan Smith, who was nowhere near either of those, is a title contender. Yeah. That's not, that shouldn't be how it works. So you can win the, the SX championship that's, We'll consider that a smaller championship. We'll consider the outdoors a smaller championship, but the actual championship is the SMX championship. So you're a Supercross and a Motocross champion. Yeah, that's how that's how I think it should play out. Um, Feld, if you want to reach into me and we'll talk about this, but I think that's how it should go. I think, I, and I I don't have a problem if there's a overall champion. I think it's going to be hard for the manufacturers because they have a Supercross champion and they have a Motocross champion. I don't know what they're doing with the SMX champion. And by the way, the trophies were spectacular. The 450 trophy may be one of the biggest trophies I've ever seen in my yeah. life. Um, but 
I don't know what does it mean. Like back in the day when David Bailey wanted that they they there was a number one and then there was a blue number one and like uh, see to me this was all just three monster cups. Yeah, it was yeah, three yeah, monster yeah. cup races. That is all it was, just big money races. But yeah. if you're gonna put that much money on the line, give it a purpose. Yeah. Where the monster cup was literally just an awesome race and. That's what these were. They were awesome races. They were awesome races. And yeah. everybody just battling head to head for money. And it counted. And it was crazy is if it didn't count for anything, don't you think some of the guys would have bailed out? But guys were coming back to race in order to get in. Yeah, and I think that's because of the whole inaugural season thing and then you got that much money on the line yeah. and that's a ton of money. But if you race the whole season and then, you know, your points are carrying over, then you're you're not not racing for a purpose regardless yeah. i mean you're a racer they're born racers i'm a racer you're you're born to win that's just how it works it's, it's hardwired yeah. but if it's you give it more purpose like that there's a it gives it the extra incentive to ride like that that was, it was I, I i don't know I, a, it's just thoughts i'm a fan of it i think it was cool i think they'll tweak it um i'm actually kind of like okay if we have this do we really need the triple? Because I'm, I'm, I will tell you straight up. Thinking about next January, I'm not a huge fan of the triple crowns. I like heat races and the finals, and I'm, I'm not a huge fan. I do like the East West showdowns. And instead of, instead of three triple crowns, give me four East West showdowns. Yeah, triple crowns are harder for guys like our guy Rylan Munson. Yeah, you know the privateers that are give it all they got to get into a night show yeah. regardless they got three races now that are, make it much harder for them to make a living yeah so the you know these guys survive on race money yeah and that's three pretty much missed paychecks if they can't get in if you can't get in because you yeah you may get into the night show but the night show is done before there's ever a show because you don't see them yeah, on it's TV. all it's all done on race day live yeah so you're, and they're getting paid for that, but you don't see them. No, you don't. You don't see them. They don't get the publicity, which also comes with payment and the whole nine yards around that. But I don't know. Like I said, I'm not a big fan of Triple Crown either. I think there's really no other way they could do it. Yeah, no. you know, to make it all fit into a broadcast time, it's. It, I think you're right. If they're going to do this at the end, you know, either get rid of them. It does break it up a little bit. Yeah. yeah, but do four East one West showdowns. Do one of them. Yeah, yeah, or do 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 showdowns. one. Yeah, do one. Do because I don't mind. I mean, uh, IndyCard um, uh, Formula One does a sprint race. They do some sprint races. MotoGP does. Like I don't mind changes. I don't mind different tracks. I don't mind. Like I thought these three tracks were a massive. This is the epitome of what our season looks like. It, do a do four. The idea would be do four. East Coast rides, four West Coast rides. Right in the middle, we put a triple crown, East-West showdown. Yep. And that kind of breaks it all up, gives them all an opportunity, and then we go right back to our splitting the East and West back up. Mm -hmm. So you do – or we start with an East-West showdown. Yeah, they're never going to do that. No. Though. But, like, if you did something like that, yeah. then you split it up in the center with a triple crown, then the end you do an East-West showdown. Yeah. You know, something to be – give all these guys a more of a fighting chance but yeah. but the, the east west showdowns are the same concept like they're only few get in yeah it's it's a tough it's a tough draw but at least you can 
if you make it to the night show on an East West showdown, you're one of the top guys. Yeah. You've proven that you're, you may not make it into the main, but you're one of the yeah. top guys. The issue with the privateers on that is if you were to do that at the beginning or towards the beginning, that's straight nerves. Yeah. I mean, those boys are, more of them are probably going to get hurt because they're going to go out and just full send it. But it, it puts a lot of risk on the line. There, there's so many ways that this yeah. can be done. I mean, I think it'd still be cool. I think I think the way the series, I mean, I, I watch IndyCar. IndyCar does road courses. They do street courses. They do big ovals, small ovals. And they're all mixed in. And I just think, like, our series, I know we have a Supercross and we have a Motocross and we have, now we have SMX. But guess what? Your training, maybe we, we've all specified our training, but maybe we do do, we start with Supercross. And then maybe we come down to, we used to come down to Florida and do a national because the weather was good. Okay, well, maybe we bring that back. I mean, for God's sakes, we're, we're racing Supercross in Birmingham, Alabama this year. Yeah. Um, because I'm guessing there's an SMX race that's going to happen at Atlanta Motor Speedway. That's why they don't have a Supercross. Big enough. Yeah, it's big enough. Yeah. That that track was huge we, last we, year. We already have a second Daytona there. Yeah. I mean, they're never getting rid of Daytona. No. They bring an SMX to Daytona, and this boy is going to go through the roof. I don't think, but I don't think, I don't, I, I don't know where they could fit it in. No, because there's so much happening at Daytona during the year. Yeah. So I don't know how they would do that, but I feel like the SMX could go to a lot of places. I, you and I were talking, why don't we race in Idaho? Yeah. Do a race in Idaho. Do you know what North Dakota, South Dakota, Mont? there's a lot of motorcycle riders in Mont in Idaho now. You could draw from Washington. I'm sure there's a stadium or something somewhere you could put a race in. The weather in Idaho is not bad right now. Oh, you could uh, you could have these things anywhere. We yeah, fifty state. Let's take a let's take a race down to Hawaii. Oh, they did that. The Hawaiian yeah. motocross. Yeah. yeah, I mean they have a party, but like, let's let's that what you just did those three tracks you proved this can work. Oh, it, from from here on out, it, it's it's only going to get better. Yeah. Uh, like we said, uh, the scheduling I think should be a little bit different. The points should be a little bit different. But other than that, the the first trial run, yeah. great success. I think people are pissed off. I I heard people. I saw the schedule. We're we're going to jump into the schedule. SMX, awesome. You got any other comments no. on SMX? SMX was awesome. I thought it was cool. I thought the racing was good. Passing, dude. If you watch any form of racing, there are times passing is just not good. The racing, the racing, the quality of tracks was good they didn't fell pro motocross whoever nbc that whole you guys knocked it out of the park congratulations awesome i'm looking forward to the next iteration of this but that being said we have supercross coming up they dropped the schedule we're going to a lot of the same places we're also going to two new places that we haven't ever been i don't know if we've ever been philadelphia and birmingham alabama and people are up in arms that we're going to Birmingham, Alabama. It's a southern race mm -hmm. from where people come to the Atlanta race. It's not that far of a drive. No. And there's a reason that they're not going to Atlanta. They can't tell you that yet, but there's a reason they're not going to Atlanta. Get over yourself. You're going to have an SMX round. More than likely, yeah. Or or there's conflict, but it doesn't matter. It's It's going to be cool. It's going like, yeah. to be cool. We're I'm trying to bring the schedule up right now to, again. Just we're going to, to Philly. Like, we're going to Philly. 
We're have there are two races in the in northeast this year. When was the last time there were two motocross races in the northeast? There hasn't been supercross a, races. There hasn't sorry, been a supercross race in PA as long as I've. Known. But I'm saying like between Philly and Massachusetts because they're going back to Boston this year, right? Yeah, they're going back no, to Massachusetts. They're, they're in East Rutherford, New Jersey. Okay. So, um, yeah, that's. I mean, it's going to be fun for the fans up there yeah. because they got they got a lot of opportunity. So they're going to Philly. Like they're they're going they're going back to Nashville, which is just going to be a massive party. I'm guessing that's going to be a day race because everybody will want to go out on Saturday night. And yeah. So we're still in we're still at Gillette Stadium in Massachusetts. Yeah. So that's that's one in Northeast. Yep. We have the PA race. That's two in Northeast. We're not in New Jersey. No, because they're going to Nashville this year instead. Yeah. So we we have two. Two races in the Northeast, which and it's good for them because not unless you like to spend money. I mean, you're traveling to watch Supercross. Yeah. Well, think of all those people, the fans. How big the crowd was at Southwick, Southwick this year. The, all those fans that go see a Supercross this year. Yeah. And then four months later, get to go watch a motocross in their home track, like Philly. Dude, I understand. It's a rougher city. It's one of the largest sporting areas in the country. Yep. There is a there is a need to go to there. There there's going to be fans that go. One of us is going to be there. More than likely. <laughs> one of us is going to be there. So, I I think about like and I think Birmingham like dude, there's a Birmingham racetrack that's near Birmingham like that the there is a museum in Birmingham that I hope they do something with. It's one of the largest private collections of motorcycles and cars in the country at this museum in Birmingham, Alabama. Mm -hmm. And it's like, dude, open your minds a little bit. Get past the fact that we're all going. I was actually so excited when I saw the Supercross schedule. I was bummed when I saw the motocross schedule. As much as I like all 11 tracks, I was bummed that they're the same. Yeah. Because they're, they're, they're never going to change. I mean, minimal. Yeah. Like those those tracks are set in stone. They don't they don't come in and build them things in a week. No. You know. Do you know what's gonna you know what's gonna be the exciting part is Supercross has the potential to change, and SMX has the pot- potential to change. Correct. Your status quo is gonna be your first five races of Supercross until we all decide that California is not the place that we want to race anymore. I don't know if that's ever gonna come either because it's it's still such the, a staple. Yeah. I mean, but it really is. It them pulling out the two strokes, and yeah. it, they're making it harder. But I don't think it's ever going to go anywhere. But we have you have those five rounds in California, then you we go to some different places, and then we go to our standard motocross, and then SMX. It's like, where would we like to race? Would we like a cold weather race? Would we like a dry race? Would we like a desert? There's that is unlimited now. Yeah. Where there is a place where we can get people. I was thinking, dude, they do a dirt track, flat track race in Sturgis during bike week, mm-hmm. and they run it on the streets. Mm-hmm. They have a dirt track, and then they come down, they go through the village, and I'm thinking, an SMX round at Sturgis. Oh, my God. Like, no, I think it'd be wild. It'd be crazy. Crazy. What a venue. Like, what a venue. If they can do it at Daytona, I'm telling you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, that would be awesome. If if there was a way to do it, the weather would be good. I yeah. mean, I th- I looked at California. There was also, congratulations, there was a great crowd at that 
that race. Yeah. Um, Chicago was packed. Charlotte was packed. Good. Fantastic. Let's just have a little variety. And I know, like you said, the motocross world is kind of what it is. There are some really good motocross tracks in the country. Mm-hmm. There is a very tight knit of motocross track owners who are part of that promoters group. Yeah. It's a locked system at this point. That is the only thing they need to work on and say, hey, we're trying to better it for everybody. But do you get rid? Of, who do you get rid of? Which track That's do you get rid the of? The issue, like they're they're all historic. I mean, if you get rid of Paula, you're going to Glen Helen. You're not you're not taking. Okay, well, we're not going to go to Paula. We're going to go to Gatorback first, and then we're going to jump over back to Hangtown. They're, they're not going to do that. Yeah. So we have to think logistically. Eh, it is what it is. I wish that we could find a different track because there are some Monster Mountain in Alabama. Mm-hmm. Great track. Unbelievable track. There are some amazing motocross tracks in the United States that could host the national. Can they handle the... If you look at the crowds this year, I think Millville, they said it was the largest crowd they had since 2006. That's that's the biggest issue. It's not so much the race itself. It's the camping, the... Every, days, everything the, that yeah. the race brings yeah. outside of the racers themselves. So that... that yeah. You, it takes a big chunk of property to hold, yeah, to hold a national. And that's what's happened with Gatorback is they've had to expand just for mini O's, which was going to be one of our talks here in the next couple of weeks. Is dude, they have gotten. You look at aerial photos of what it used to be and what it is mm-hmm. now. They've had to go in and either buy or lease property so they can hold everybody. Yeah. Well, Millville, they showed the aerials of that this year, and it's like, where are these people parking? A mile away? Like yeah. they're they're. They're not they're not close. Mm. So I think the schedule's good. Derek and I are super excited because now it's kinda like our logistics planning starts. The only problem we have is we don't know there are two races that we don't know. Are they in east or a west? Because one's in Texas, one's in St. Louis. One of them has to be a west in order for the numbers to match up. Yeah. So <laughs> Derek and I have been talking about this of all right, are we going to Dallas, Arlington, or are we going to St. Louis? And that's where we are. And we don't know what's an East-West. We don't know what's a Triple Crown. Those all affect pocketbooks. Yeah. And then some. Yeah. So, so. there's a lot lot will go into that over the next couple months. And, and we're going to bring it to you. Oh, we're, yeah. We're going to talk about it because no we, want, here. No, we want it to be up front of, like, this is where we are. like, And if we go to Detroit, which I guess I'm going to be going to Detroit, <laughs> I'm going to let you know that the Florida boy in Detroit on February 3rd is going to be cold. I'm going to be cold. Yeah, th- this boy doesn't like Detroit. Yeah, I, 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 not that I – I've been to Detroit twice this year, so I guess I can start the year off by going back to Detroit. And Yeah. But uh, that's going to be a fun process of where are we going this week and how are we or how are we getting there, what are we doing while we're there. I've actually talked to a private pilot and know that I can't afford it, but I was like – can you get me to some of these closer races? He's like, yeah, my, my son needs hours, which made me nervous, but his son's also a pilot and his son needs hours. And I'm like, okay, can someone pick me up from the airport? How are we going to go by credentials? We have some people we need to talk to about that. How are we going to handle all this stuff? So that process, as soon as we know triple crowns and East West, Derek and I get to, we're not even racing, but we get to start managing that part of it. Mm-hmm. And where are we going to go? How does that work out for you? How does that work out for me? I have a race. You have a race. 
we have a racer. What are we doing? Where are we? How, how does this work? So that part's incredible. Um, anything else on the schedule? No. Let's. We got a whole lot of Florida racing though. We got some right now. Right we got here, some right Gold now. Cup racing and Dade City racing to talk about. Yeah, we got uh, I four Triple Crown Series. Um, When's that starting this weekend? Whew. It's a. Uh, we are now at full blown. We got Winter Ams will be coming up. We got Minios. We got. Sounds like the horse industry. Everybody's it, coming back home. It's getting, getting gnarly at this point. But yeah, the last the last two weeks we've been slammed. We uh, we raced Diamondback last last weekend. Uh, we raced Dade City for the Gold Cup this weekend. Uh, we're back at Dade City uh, Point Series this weekend. But um, the last the last two weeks were awesome. Uh, the Gold Cup Series is a phenomenal AMA sanctioned event. Uh, brought to you by Unlimited Sports MX. We, like I said last weekend, we got to watch Drew Adams ride, who went out and won the futures. What they call it, the futures, yeah. for the the SMX this weekend. Uh, the previous weekend in Chicago, we got to race this weekend with Carson Wood, who won on the Super Minis uh, at Chicago. The kid dominates everywhere he goes. Um, we watched uh, future MX's rider Aiden Shive take a gnarly hit at Diamondback two weeks ago. Uh, he was knocked out for over a minute and 40 seconds. Ooh. Yeah, from what I understand, he took out his collarbone and uh, his thumb, mangled the bike all up, brand new brand new setup that was probably one of the gnarliest crashes i've seen in a while even watching tv like Ooh. i i haven't seen somebody knocked out for that long in quite some time so but it's fun it's 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 awesome to see these guys that you're watching on tv and then they're racing with you on the yeah. weekends um this weekend at dade for the gold cup series christian craig was there and you know that he's getting ready to go to uh mx nations yep. and so, but he's still taking the time to get his kid Jagger racing. So he was there this weekend. It's just the Gold Cup's a very, very fun series. It's a very big series. It's been around for a long yeah. time. Yeah, and it's it's no joke. It's a serious race series. So that's uh, fun. Like I said, we're, our boys getting to see big racing, um, preparing for the Minios and possibly the Reddas if we can get them there. But uh, he's getting a, an insight of – what it's like what big races look yeah. like yeah what what they look like and diamondback last weekend diamondback's a big track yeah we're now explain for those that don't know so gatorback is gatorback diamondback is right next to it right so it's gatorback cycle park yeah it's all gatorback cycle park is consistent of the gatorback track the supercross track they do have a full blown outdoor supercross track there and then they have diamondback uh there's a pit bike track there there's a quarry. I mean, you can yeah. see your way up in the air. It's it's, it's a really awesome place. Um, there's a lot of history there. Minios is held there every year in November, the week of Thanksgiving. Uh, if you don't if you don't know about Minios, I'm at this point. I think everybody in the world knows about Minios, but it's it's there. We do have Gatorback Cycle Park is only open for Winter Ams, Gold Cup, and Minios throughout the year. And one area qualifier. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Like, it's a very private place. You go in there, like, right now, we raced at Diamondback last weekend. The Supercross track, they're just starting to till it, but it's all grass. Gatorback's all grass. So, I mean, you know these things don't get used, but they're – it's a massive moto playground. It really is. It's a it's a really cool place. They had a – Diamondback has some gnarly step-ups. Um, 
it just looked like straight. It looks like these guys are hitting steel ramps and just floating up, floating up to the top of the hill. Yeah. Um, that track, like I said, that track was big. Uh, for our boy racing PW, it was a big track. They didn't send them up the hills because those bikes would never make it up the hills. Yeah. But um, even the the fast fifties, they weren't they weren't sending up the hills because really? this track is it's that big. Um, but yeah, if you ever get the chance to just look look up some gold cup videos uh the gold cup series is an, it, like i said is an awesome series uh it's all wrapped around ama um there's lots of lots of pro riders there um our, our buddy caleb groves is riding it we had aiden shive the drew adams it's it's a pinnacle of florida you know so how does the and i'm, I'm only asking because like the competition for all these series is immense how does the how does the Triple Crown Series fit into that? Because a uh, Gold Cup is like five weeks in a row. How is Triple Crown finding it's inside that? I don't. So they're wrapping it like this weekend. Gold Cup Series hits. This weekend's a busy weekend because it's Dade City Point Series. If you race Dade City, it's that's on Saturday. Sunday is Orlando for the Gold Cup Series round three. Then you got all weekend is at Tampa MX is the Triple Crown Series. But the Triple Crown Series is more just a Florida series. Okay. I mean, we got the I-4 MX Series, which is their their normal series. And then you got the Triple Crown Series. It's just like an extended series. Um, it's they, they also come to Dade October 28th and 29th, which I know there's going to be a big, a big money race there. Um, at Dade, we got the Pumpkin Race, which is just a big old – you know, family fun time. Yeah. Watch a bunch of guys like me and some of our buddies act like a bunch of idiots on bikes carrying pumpkins around. Like that, that's going to be a, an extremely fun weekend. Um, but the to answer your question, the Triple Crown Series is more just a another fun series. Like guys if, who may not be doing. The if gold you're not, cup. yeah. If you you don't want to run an AMA sanctioned event. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of work and a lot of money that goes into that. Um, camping's very expensive at those events. Um, if you're just more of a, a weekend warrior and you still want a series to race, that's Triple Crown comes into play. Okay. Still an awesome series. Yeah. Um, the whole I four series is an awesome series, but it's just not as serious as uh, Gold Cup. Because you have a Gold Cup, then you're going to have mini O's, and you're going to have winter Ams, and in between those, you have these local series that also. So, you, as a racer, you can kind of pick which way you want to go. And um, on the side note. It's the opening of FTR season this year. Um, they did the Enduro this weekend at Croom. Mm-hmm. Um, first race of the season for FTR, but it was an Enduro at Croom. It is 60 miles of sand whoops. It's tough. I did it last year. It's tough. But then the Hair Scramble Series, which is the more popular of the two series, starts this weekend in Bartow. And that is a 10 to 13 race series, depending on property availability. So that starts now. So your off-road guys are now starting back. And so racing in Florida, it is that time of year where it's it kind of... to the walls. It becomes yeah. very popular. And boot camp start... Um, oh, who was it? Someone was talking about boot camp starting on one of the interviews. And, and Michelle and I looked at one another and we're like, I just want to go watch part of this boot camp. I just want to go watch boot camp. I don't... I just want to go watch. Guys, if you have a facility and you're running pro riders, 
I will give you my phone. I just want to come watch boot camp. I know it's boring. I was in athletics, college athletics, for 20-plus years. I want to come watch guys put themselves inside out and see what it's like to be at that level and how they train. That's all I want to see. I know it's not exciting. For someone who was in it, it's exciting. And that's where we are in Florida. Boot camp starts. Racing starts. You're going to see every pro rider down here training. They're going to take small breaks here and there. Kids are racing all over the place. You you name it. Between Gold Cup, Minios, and Winter Am, Triple Crown, it's it doesn't stop until after January here. Maybe even after and through January. Yeah, it's so we our Dade City Series will end in November. Um, we're jumping right into Winter Ams, and from that point, it all starts back over yeah. so it's down here it's a never-ending cycle we'll get the holidays off and that's yeah that's it you know then it's a never-ending cycle we turn it right back around we're, we'll be starting supercross in between supercross we're racing it's gonna be it's not gonna be it is i mean right now we're we're full into it every single weekend our january is going to be our quietest month just saying yeah because they'll all be on the west coast at this point and our riders not doing even i want to say more like december because you got we got christmas you got the preparation yeah yeah yeah. for supercross to come but um it's going to be that at that point there's going to be a lot of logistics going on on this side of it to prepare for that part of it if you see a jeep with a trailer cruising down the road (laughs) know that that one of us is heading to a race to hang out need a big beyond the curve sticker for that thing yeah yeah we're gonna get one but uh that's where you'll see that that's because we're heading to a race somewhere. Yeah. And uh, But no, I mean, honestly, there's a lot going on between pro motocross as we know it is done. There is the there is um, motocross the nations. You have Bercy, some of the off-season races. World Supercross has some stuff going on. But, but for the most part, these guys that aren't involved in that are done. The big American racing is done. They're done. Yeah. They take off for a little bit. October 1st, October 15th, they start boot camp. They literally have two and a half, three weeks off to chill. Yep, and then it's full training for Supercross season to come. For January. So we'll, like, for us as Florida riders, we'll get to see a a lot more of these pros out and about at our Gold Cup series and um, series like that. And at Chipotle. Just being typical humans at that point. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It it is fun this time of the year because they a lot of them, you see a lot of them a lot more. Um, like last year at the, the the race that's happening this October twenty eighth and 29th, that's when you know the costume contest that we won last year. You know, Jet was there, uh, Justin Bogle was there, um, a bunch of guys like that. You know they get to come out and about yeah. and um, give back to the community because they're exhausted. They need an afternoon yeah, off. Yeah, <laughs> they don't want to do anything. So. Yeah. It's like I said, it's fun to to get them out and about and interact with them as normal people. And I know no one wants to hear about us. We've been told that. (laughs) But I'm excited. I got to ride my motorcycle for the first time since May 21st last week. I did two and a half hours. I had Jason help me. We worked on corners. It felt good to be back. I was actually asked, are you racing the hair scramble this weekend? And I was like, no, I'm not ready for that. I'm not in that shape. But man, oh, it felt good to therapy. Oh, Bike, bikes man. are therapy. It felt good. Anybody listening to this can relate to that. But uh, 
I'm excited because I've got big things, which will be part of our podcast for next year. Um, we'd also like, like Derek and I were talking earlier, and I'd like some input. So if, if people have input, we were contemplating at one of the races, like doing like a, it will not be on the West Coast races because Derek and I go to bed way before these races are over. Yeah. But on an East Coast race or a more centrally located West Coast race, would you would would you guys be interested in like a uh, like a companion podcast like live commentary? Yeah, like us talking about like as we see it, how we watch it, and it would just be raw and just probably be three hours or so of just what watching we see, a race, watching yeah. a race, and we'll just video us watching the race and 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 see what it's like because if that's something that interests people, I'd do it. Like compa- yeah. they call it a companion podcast, I'll do it because. I watch them and like I'm in all half the time. It'll be fun to get some uh, like live feedback, get some comments, yeah. and you know get a whole bunch of conversation going. Yeah, um, make people understand that we're real people too. Yeah, but, and we uh, actually like it and we actually watch yeah. it. Yeah. But speaking of, we had our first. Is there anything else we need to talk about? I don't think we've covered a lot. We've covered a lot. We got <laughs> we got the people. A lot going on. Yeah, there's a lot going on. Um, we actually had one of our guests, uh, Billy Edmondson of uh, Power Band Racing. When he came to visit, he brought us a special deal and wanted to do a revalve for a, a, a someone that entered our contest. And we've let it go for a couple of weeks, and we'd like to do the winner today. And so we're got, we have our randomizer. Um, Derek's got it on a little spinny wheel, and he's going to hit it. And then I'm going to say a whole bunch of names on a wheel, and it'll. I'll say stop. I'll say stop so that it's not you, and because I, I can't see, I can see the wheel, but I can't see the names. All I do is touch it. It spins and it stops on its own. Okay. So. All right. So we're going to pick the winner of the full revalve from Power Band Racing. And by the way, Power Band, we can't say who they've worked with some really good guys. That's correct. And He's they working are with some really um, good guys. working with some very good guys here in the future. So, And he doesn't care who you get your suspension done with. He would like to help you learn more about your suspension. No. You find Billy Edmondson, uh, Power Band Racing, on Instagram. Uh, all, give him a call. Reach out to us. We'll be happy to yeah. share his contact info. Uh, the guy knows suspension better than anybody I have ever talked to in my life. And he wants to help you. And he is one of the few that wants to sit down with you and teach you your own suspension. Yeah. Um, whether that hurts his business or not, it's not going to. Yeah. Because he's that knowledgeable on suspension, but he he's there to help. He is a useful resource. Yeah. Um, in the racing world, so and he he's the first person that offered us something to give away, and so we're gonna give it away. Are you ready, Derek? Let's do it. Let's see who wins this thing. Spin away. All right, here we go. We'll take the winner of the suspension will go to Kevin Mead. Kevin Mead. That was a random, like literally it spun. I watched it spin. Kevin Mead, I hope that you can use this. I know you got a peewee. Don't use it on yourself. <laughs> use it on your kid. I know that you ride. You're not important. Let your kid have it. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> All right, congratulations, Kevin, on the uh, full revile from Power Band Racing. Um, like I said, you every, everybody, anybody that's listening, give uh, Billy Edmondson a like, follow, whatever you got to do. Reach out to him, even if you just want to talk suspension. Uh, he's got a, something coming up in November. So in November, he is doing a three-day clinic. Um, he has suspension tables. He has a shop in Tavares, Florida. He is inviting... 
can't remember exactly how many yeah. people, um, but he is doing a full class to teach you the ins and outs of how to rebuild your your forks, your shocks, bleed shocks, uh, revalve them. You know the whole nine yards. He is teaching you about your suspension, so you that way you have the knowledge. Um, to do the suspension yourself, if need be. Yeah. Um, not that you want to, not, but you'll understand it. You'll, you will understand your suspension through and through. Yeah. Um, he is still the go-to for the deep, re, the deep in-depth yeah. revalving the the Supercross suspension. Um, I always suggest finding a professional for that, such as Billy. Yeah. Um, but if you want to at least learn about how the suspension works and uh, replacing fork seals on your own without spending a whole bunch of money. I highly advise getting in contact with us or getting in contact with Power Band Racing for his shop in November. Yeah. So might be something that would be worthwhile for to go to. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that. Um I don't have anything else. I mean, it's kind of you got racing this weekend. I'm gonna go I'm actually gonna go out to Bartow. I'm gonna watch the Saturday shenanigans and go watch the Sunday shenanigans out there and um, see what's going on in yep. the world of FTR. We're gonna we're gonna take a relaxing weekend and race Dade City this weekend. So, um, small series. Yeah, it'd be nice to just get back to normal terms for a little bit instead of the. Yeah, but how can it be relaxing when you race two bikes in one in the small series and one bike in the big series? The big like, series are just they're big series. I mean, <laughs> it's a, it's a big race. So, um, there's a lot online. Tracks are a lot rougher. You know that. Yeah. There's uh it's the actual AMA racing. Yeah. So um it's nice to just sit back and breathe and see some people we haven't seen in a little while and it's funny those three letters they change everything up a little bit, huh? Which one? AMA. Yeah. That everything changes. Yeah. Um you get a lot of roles. But nope, this is episode twenty nine. There will be episode thirty next week. We don't know when we're going to take a break, but we're gonna decide that as well. That's part of our logistics stuff. Um, because there's just, there's not going to be something every week right now. There'll be something every week, but not every something that we need to cover every yeah, week. Yeah, we might do some cool stuff. And yeah. We'll get some, we got some more guests on, on deck and yeah. it'll be fun. We'll do some on-site guests. Yeah, we'll do, like this. we'll do some cool stuff. We have some, we, we're going to have some training videos coming up soon. Not training videos, training where we go watch some training coming up. So guys, this has been episode 29 of the Beyond the Curve, the MX podcast. That is Derek Schaefer with DBS Custom Fabrication and Handyman Services, who, by the way, is super busy. But if you need him, call him because he is awesome at what he does. I am Trey Heath with Michelle and Trey Real Estate. Call my wife, Michelle, because she's awesome at what she does. (laughs) (laughs) And we are the Beyond the Curve, the MX Podcast. We will talk to you all next week. (laughs) Bye-bye.